Praise God and praise God. Stay standing, please. Stay standing. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, all of you. He is risen. Yeah, there we go. Let's do it again. He is risen. He is. This is the Word of God from Luke chapter 24. And this will be the center point of our study time this morning together as we celebrate the resurrected Jesus. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, starting in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And then they were frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women who were with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to be an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose, and he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen clothes by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. Praise God for the reading and for the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Lord, you are so good to us. We are so thankful for the work of the gospel. We are so thankful for your grace in our lives. Without your grace, we are not here this morning. Without your grace, we're not forgiven. Without your grace, we don't have hope. Without your grace, Lord, nothing good comes from our lives. Lord, we're thankful this morning. We're thankful for so many things. We're thankful to be alive, to have the gift of today, the gift of life and breath, that's a praise. We're thankful to be here with friends and family and neighbors and connections. Lord, that's a praise. We're thankful to hear such amazing musical worship. That is a praise to our hearts. We're thankful for everybody that brought food and the connections and the fellowship that we get to have after this service. What a cool, wonderful gift. But Lord, most of all, we are thankful for the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit inside of us confirms over and over again in our minds and our hearts that Jesus indeed is alive and he's our risen Savior. Even now, he lives to make intercession for us. He is at your throne, God, at your right hand ready to come down in victory. And oh, Jesus, we pray that your return would be soon. We yearn for it in our hearts to see you face to face. What a moment that's going to be. We will be undone with praise and tears and worship when we see you, Jesus, when we 
finally see you. But Jesus, as the Apostle Peter said, even though we have not seen you, yet we believe. And we believe with full joy and confidence. For we have heard your witnesses, the witnesses of Scripture. We have heard the witness of the empty tomb. We have heard the witness of the angels. We have heard the witness of the women and the apostles. And we march on in our victorious witness ourselves. We live in a world that's hostile to the gospel. Hostile to our beautiful Lord. And yet we walk in victorious witness because of your grace. So Lord, I'm sure in a crowd like this, there's a few who are not Christians yet. Far from you, not quite sure about the resurrection, not sure that it really happened. Lord, would you even use this moment, this service, your word, to move them to a place where they believe. Where they see Jesus as irresistible, that they can't stop but repent and believe. The Lord, do all your good works for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, again, good morning and welcome to church. Awesome to have you here for Easter service. My name is Pastor Josh, preaching pastor here at Living Waters, and very thankful for each one of you. We are in Luke's Gospel. So if you could open up a copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 24, that will be outstanding. We will be there this morning. Our sermon series, The Road to Easter, finds its culmination this morning as we finish uh, with Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. My sermon title this morning is, We Are All Witnesses. We are all witnesses. And I would add even a proverbial addition to that. I would say we are all victorious witnesses. Amen? If we know Christ as our Savior, we have the victory through Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. And we are victorious witnesses this morning. Christianity, if you did not know, has always been a movement of witnessing. It's a witnessing movement. Um, In fact, for 2,000 years, Christians have been witnessing. They have been testifying. They have been telling their stories of how they came from darkness to light and have met the risen Jesus. So that is your story. If you know Christ, you have a story. You have a victorious witness. And you could stand up right now and give testimony. I would discourage you from doing that right now because it would sound like tongues right, or something, just crazy, something wild. But every witness for Christ is a victorious witness. You have a story to tell. If you don't know what a witness means, here's what it means. A witness is someone who testifies of what they have seen or experienced. If you are a witness of something, you are maybe going to a court of law to give a witness for a testimony in a court situation, potentially. That would be the most serious side of the word witness. But the most common reality of the word witness is what we do with each other all the time. We're always witnessing about something, aren't we? We're always talking about what we have seen or heard. Some of you are one-uppers. So if there's like a story, you got to one-up it with your testimony, right? You always are looking for the win, right? If you are in 
uh, a conversation circle with a pilot or a doctor, just give up, okay? Your stories are not that cool. Because ultimately a testimony is, oh yeah, this is what I have seen and I have experienced, right? Like, you should have been there. I was there. You should have been there. That's witnessing. Because you're telling about something that you have seen or heard. Now, if we move it to the area of Christianity, Christianity has always been built on the resurrection of Christ. And that resurrection has been witnessed to for 2,000 plus years. We are such little parts of this big story God is telling. Can I get an awesome amen? Praise the Lord. You're not the center of the earth. Isn't that wonderful news? For some of you, that's news. You're not the center of the universe. God is the center of the universe. And I had this thought this morning in between services. I'm such a small part of this whole thing. What a wonderful, beautiful, freeing reality to know that my story is just a small story in the greater story. And it's all about Jesus' story, isn't it? 24 years ago, July 6, 1999, that date doesn't mean a lot to you. It means everything to me. That was the day that Jesus Christ found a really wicked Josh Daggett and saved my soul. I remember it like it was yesterday, 24 years ago. I remember it. I remember where I was at in life. I remember all the sins that were around my life. I remember the, like the depression, the anxiety. I remember the, like the out-of-control feeling that you feel as a sinner when you are just going like crazy. And that was me. I was just running towards hell. I mean running towards hell. And the risen Jesus found me. In the back of a New York City World Trade Center Marriott conference room. Thousand kids or so, teenagers. I'm 17 year old. I walk in the back of this large, massive gathering, and there's this kid from Texas who's sharing his testimony of how he knows Jesus. And I said, I don't know Jesus like that. I've heard about Jesus a thousand times. I don't know him like that. And it was the power of the risen Christ. And if you would have known me back then, you would have been like, nope, not a pastor. (laughs) Not a pastor. But you guys, I got on my face and repented of my sins. And it was like the risen Jesus was right on my shoulder. I'm telling you, it was like this vision of light and grace and glory. And it was at that moment that I repented of my sins and gave my whole life to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. 24 years ago, Jesus found me. Jesus saved me. And 24 years later, I'm still witnessing. Amen? I'm a witness. That's all I am. I'm a voice. I'm a witness of this crazy thing that Jesus has done in my soul. And for some of you, you're like, 24 years, that's nothing. I've been saved way longer than that. Praise Jesus, right? That's good. Some of you have been saved for a very long time and you are an older, more experienced witness, but you're still a witness of the same gospel. And some of you just got saved like a week ago or a month ago or a year ago and you're just like brand new into this Christian thing and you're just like, what in the world am I? You're a witness, amen, to the resurrected Jesus. 
Because when you believed, you believed in this supernatural gospel. This is how the Christian uh, life is. You guys, this has been going on long before we were born. And it's going to go on long after we die until Jesus returns. We are witnesses and we are victorious witnesses. And that's how Christianity is. So my prayer is that as you're eating food amongst all the tables after this service, my prayer so much is that you will meet someone, especially if you don't know Christ yet, that way, personally yet, that you would meet someone who will witness to you, give victorious testimony. And if you are all Christians at your tables, praise the Lord, enjoy the fellowship of the victorious witness, right? It's awesome. But as we look at Luke 24, we see Jesus resurrected from the dead, the empty tomb. There, there is a witness. There's several witnesses in this passage to the resurrection of Christ. And on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, Jesus' resurrection was witnessed by a lot of people. And we, bridging to us today, we are still witnesses that Jesus raised from the dead. So let's look at these witnesses. Who are these witnesses in Luke chapter 24, 1 through 12? There's three of them that I'm going to point out. Number one is the tomb. The tomb had a witness. The tomb's witness is first. In verses 1 through 3, the tomb is witnessing. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So the first witness to Jesus' resurrection is not a person, it's a place. The tomb is talking. I'm empty, right? That is what the witness is of this tomb. It's the first day of the week. There's a group of women disciples who are up early at dawn or before dawn, and they are going to the tomb. Now, just a quick note about the first day of the week. This is why we gather on Sunday mornings, just in case you didn't know. We as a church gather, Christians gather all over the world every week on Sundays because It is the first day of the week. It is the Lord's day. These ladies established church gatherings of sorts, right? On the very first Lord's day, in the morning, they got together to go to the tomb, and they were actually talking with one another, like, who's going to roll this stone away? They were not expecting a resurrection. They had these spices with them, and they were expecting to see dead Jesus Laying down in this tomb, who's going to move the stone? It's really big. It's really heavy. We watched them seal it up on Friday night. There's Roman guards. Perhaps they were talking with one another about maybe one of the Romans will do it for us. But they go, and what happened in between Friday and Sunday is in Matthew 28, Matthew's gospel, verses 2 through 4, tells us that before those ladies arrived, there was an angel who showed up and moved the stone. That's pretty cool. The angel moves the stone and then the angel slaps these Roman guards with some sort of supernatural slap. I don't know how this happens, but these Roman guards, they get knocked out either one on both sides and they get knocked out. And when they come to, they're out of here, right? Vamanos, we're out because their vision had to be something like, well, we were there. It was dark. 
And then all of a sudden there was this glorious light and then it seemed like a spirit being, an angel of sorts like came and next thing I know, we're knocked out. We come to, there's an empty tomb. The guy that they put in there is now gone and we value our lives and our job security. So we are also out. Letter of resignation signed, right? Because certain death meets them. That all happened before these ladies get to the tomb. But when they come to the tomb, the tomb is speaking to them. Not literally, but figuratively. And they didn't find the body. The tomb is empty. The empty tomb is what they discover. The empty tomb is in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. The empty tomb is there in every single one. Why is it in every gospel? Because it is the centerpiece of Christianity. If you didn't know what the center point of Christianity is, it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And specifically, the empty tomb is the hinge on which the door of Christianity swings. So how important is the empty tomb? Super important. Because if there is no empty tomb... If the swoon theory is true, or if the disciples, you know, stole the body, all that, all those crazy things, these crazy stories that they, they start talking about when they talk about the tomb. If that's true, then Christians have no hope. There is no reason for you to be here this morning if the tomb is not empty. What do you mean, Josh? Here's what I mean. The Apostle Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 15 this way. He said, if there is no resurrection from the dead then not even Christ has been raised. And if Jesus has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If the tomb isn't empty, we are wasting our time this morning. I got dressed up for nothing. Can you believe that? I look really good this morning. Yeah, some people are like, eh, it's a... <laughs> wouldn't go that far. But look, a lot of you guys look great. And we're going to be talking about dazzling clothing here in a little bit. You look fantastic. If the tomb is not empty, we're wasting our time dressing up. There's no point. We're just having a big potluck for no reason after this. But if the tomb is empty, then everything Jesus said is true. Praise the Lord, right? Everything he said is true. We have hope in this life. And Paul follows up what he said in 1 Corinthians 15. In verse 20, he says, But Christ has been raised. Christ has been raised. Can I get a hallelujah? It has happened. Like, it's for real. The Holy Spirit testifies in our spirit that we are the sons of God and the daughters of God. Because Christ really did raise. The tomb is empty. And that's the first witness to Jesus' resurrection. Now, the second witness to Jesus' resurrection is the angels. The angels witness. So the ladies are perplexed in verse 4. And two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And then they were frightened and they bowed their face to the ground. And the men said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you this when he was in Galilee. That he must be delivered and crucified and on the third day, rise. So the second witness to Jesus' resurrection is the angels. Jesus' resurrection activated this incredible, victorious witness from the unseen realm. Two angels show up and they start talking to these ladies and they are adorned with what kind of clothing? 
dazzling apparel. These angels looked spectacular. They were the first people to get really dressed up for Easter. Now, some of you guys look great this morning. Most of you look fantastic. You woke up this morning a lot like Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey, if you didn't know, head coach of the LSU Tigers. It's hug a Hawkeye Sunday. Did you know this? Just hug a Hawkeye. Find a Hawkeye, give him a hug. But Kim Mulkey coached the other team. Now, this girl, she wears dazzling clothes. Dazzling clothes. In fact, we have a picture of her. This is how she dresses, right? Is this Easter morning or what? No, it's a basketball game. Are you kidding me? But if you notice, like, her dress during the championship game was, like, super bright, like, really, 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 really dazzling. Now, I would say Kim's got nothing on some of you. Can I get an amen? I mean, some of you are like, you dressed up to the nines. It's Easter. Let's go. Resurrection from the dead. Dazzling clothing. Everybody that, that did that, awesome. You don't compare to the angels. Because these angels are dazzling. I mean, they are dazzling. And that could be the word of the morning as we eat lunch together. How do you look? You look dazzling. You look dazzling today, right? But these angels are dazzling. So dazzling that these ladies go from perplexed to scared. Like they're perplexed. They're looking in. They're they're highly confused. What is going on? The tomb is empty. There's clothes over here. How do we process this? You can imagine the group talk going on. Like what's happening here? All of a sudden, dazzling angels show up. We're scared on our faces before these angels. And these angels come bringing a message. Why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? Why are you looking for someone who is living amongst a cemetery, a tomb. Why are you looking for someone who is clearly alive? We have seen him and he is alive and risen from the dead. Why are you doing that? And then they get right to the point. He is not here. He is risen. What a cool declaration. He's not here, ladies. You can look throughout the tomb. You're not going to find him. He is risen from the dead. That's a really big deal. Now, contrast Jesus and his resurrection with our lives. Whenever I go to a cemetery, I I like to walk around for a few minutes to walk to the grave sites and and read the gravestones. So I've been at Sunset Memorial Chapel a couple times in the last six weeks, officiating funerals. And I'll walk around that, that chapel, which is on Fleur Avenue, if you know the south side. And I walk around and I just read gravestones. Because for me, I love to get perspective. And as I walk around gravestones, there's some amazing stories. If you haven't walked around a cemetery before, there are amazing stories of people who have gone before you. And there's one, there was one gravestone I remember specifically this last uh, time I was there. There was a couple who had been married for over 70 years. And that's so amazing. And they died in the 1980s. And I'm like, what a story. Like, I I wonder what their life was like. I wonder what their habits were like, their interests. 
And then you walk around a different section of the cemetery and you see all these amazing soldiers, men and women who die in their 20s, World War I, World War II, and it just does something to you. You feel so grateful for their sacrifice. And then there's all these stories in between. But here's the story of humanity. Birthday number, dash, death number. Every time. There is a date of birth number, a dash, and then if they've died, there is a death number. And the question for you and me is, what are we going to do with our dash? Right? Amen? It's really short. What are you going to do with the dash that God has given you? You were born on a certain day. You're going to die on a certain day. Maximize your dash for God's glory. Amen. But think about how different that is than Jesus. If Jesus has a gravestone, you walk up to it, there's no numbers, there's no dashes, there's no death number, because he eternally existed before creation, and he will exist until eternity future. The only thing that is on Jesus' gravestone is he is not here, amen? He's risen. Every other religion in the world, their leader has died and is buried Jesus is different. And it's why Christianity is the truth, the life. Because our Savior never died. Right? He is living forever. He rose again from the dead. And he's active and he's moving around. In Luke chapter 24, he's doing all kinds of stuff. He is on the move. The ladies are looking at the tomb. Jesus is, he's already on the move. And he's still on the move today. Amen? The angels witnessed to the ladies and they said, remember what he said. Now you can imagine these ladies, their, their minds are just like going like this. They're spinning, spinning, spinning. And whenever we're under a lot of trauma, we don't remember very well, do we? We got to have angels talking to us over and over and over again. I'm sure it's all very overwhelming. And they're like, uh, remember what he said. Could you repeat that? Remember what he said, I know, I know I'm an angel talking to you. Like, I, you, can you imagine trying to process all this information? But they're saying, look, remember what he said. He said he was going to do this. He was going to suffer and he was going to die and he's going to rise again on the third day. So the angel's witness was very crucial and they send these ladies on and the ladies r- run back to where the disciples are. And that brings us to our third witness, the women. The women witnessed to the resurrection in verses 8 through 12. And this is very powerful. They remembered his words, and then they told all these things in verse 9 to the 11 and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and other women who were with them. And they said all these things to the apostles, but these words seemed like an idle tale, and the apostles didn't believe them. But then Peter comes to his senses, praise the Lord. And he runs and he, to the tomb, he stoops down, he sees the linen clothes, and then he starts marveling, what in the world? Something is going on here. But I want to focus in on this third and final witness. These are the women who witnessed victoriously to the resurrection of Christ. This is amazing on so many levels because women in that day, their testimony was not valid in a public court of law. It was not received. So, That's a bummer, right, ladies? That's a bummer. You can say that. It's a bummer. 
Their, their witness wasn't even accepted. And yet this is who God used as the first human witness of the resurrection of Christ. Ladies. And all the ladies said what? Amen. Guys, we best be listening. Amen. All right. That, that, that will save you guys a lot of pain in your life. When your lady talks, listen. Apply it today. Honey, can you help? Oh, uh, the masters are on. Uh, I just really like guys, you know, in their swings. Listen to your wife. Like, I'm, I'm offender number one, so I should be, I'm preaching to myself. But listen, this group of women, six to 12 ladies, I mean, it's, it's Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the, Mary the mother of James, and other women. I mean, this is six to 12 ladies all coming back with the same testimony. This is what we saw. The tomb is empty. This is amazing. This is powerful. And the first human witnesses that God uses are the ladies to get the gospel to these guys. The reality of the resurrection, these witnesses are so powerful. So no matter your gender, male or female, do not discredit your witness. Testify to the gospel. Testify to the resurrection of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you're at. Use your voice to tell people about what you have seen and heard that Christ is your Lord. Now, the women's words seemed like pure nonsense. Nonsense. The, the apostles are like, no, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about? And then Peter eventually comes to his senses and then he races to the tomb. And he races to the tomb and he looks down and he sees the linens and then he starts to marvel. And that word marvel means uh, traumatic. If he starts having a traumatic experience, like this is starting to click. What is going on? This is the beginning of something new. Now, as a humorous antidote, Peter did not race to the grave by himself. Peter ran with John, and if you want a little humor in your Bible, read John chapter 20. Peter was racing against John, and Peter lost. Slow afoot, Peter. And it's kind of funny, because you're like, Peter gets all the credit, he gets all the stuff, he gets all this. But like, you could almost picture him and John running to the tomb. And John starting to run faster, and Peter's like, wait up, dude. Hey, hey, I'm the leader here. And John runs, he gets to the tomb first, and he's like, hey, dude, been waiting for you for a while. You lost. And Peter says, yeah, but who's going to know? <laughs> I don't know, billions of people for thousands of years are going to know that you lost that race, pal. That's one of the first things I want to say to the apostle Peter after I say thank you and you're amazing and praise God for your ministry. Like, dude, you totally lost the race. <laughs> I'm a competitor. Like, you can't lose that. But then he begins to marvel, right? He begins to have this clicking moment where it's like everything's coming together. Jesus really rose again. And Peter is going to have his mind blown and his life changed. And all these disciples, these men and women, are going to have their lives completely changed by the resurrection of Christ. Because later in Luke chapter 24, there's going to be two people walking on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is going to find them and he's going to start making all the connections with the Old Testament and he's going to blow their minds. And then he's just going to disappear. And he's going to, he's going to fly into another house with a glorified body and just show up and eat broiled fish. How do you do that? I don't know. It's really cool and I'm looking forward to my glory, glorious body, aren't you? Boy, this is an awesome preview of what's going to happen for us who know Christ. 
And Jesus is going to commission them and they're going to turn the world upside down in the book of Acts and everybody's going to hear about the gospel all over the world. And today, there's over a billion people who profess faith in Jesus Christ, all from this very text. We are victorious witnesses for Christ. If you're wondering whether Christianity is true, look around. Christianity is true in the hearts of every person who believes that Jesus raised from the dead. So there's the tomb's witness, the angel's witness, and then the women's witness. And as we close this morning's service, I want to ask you, if you're a Christian, how are you doing with your victorious witness? You've got a story to tell. You're like, Josh, but I'm not a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher or not. You've got a story to tell. Amen? If you believe in the resurrected Christ, you have a story to tell when Jesus saved you. Yeah, but I've done bad things before. Yeah, you know what? You know who else has done bad things? Everybody you know has done bad things. You believe in the resurrected Christ, not so because you're perfect, because you believe that he is the good news. Share your story. But I got saved when I was five in a Sunday school class. My story is really boring. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter when you got saved. You could be a Sunday school testimony. Share the risen Jesus. I'm pretty sure the resurrected Jesus who saved you at five is still the resurrected Christ today. Amen? What about me? I did all these bad things. I did drugs. I did all the stuff. I never stepped foot in a church. And all of a sudden, like, what, I don't want to share my story because there's all these different factors to it. And it's complicated. You know what? The same Jesus that saves a five-year-old saves the drug addict and the, and the spinner, right? Amen? That's good. And everybody in between, it doesn't matter what your story is. If you know Christ in here and up here that he raised from the dead, you've got a story to tell. A victorious witness. It doesn't have to be anybody else's story. It can just be yours. Share your story. Okay? Secondly, maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a witness. You don't have a witness. You're not a victorious witness because you don't believe in the resurrection from the dead. You're like, yeah, I can get with a lot of the things about Christianity, but man, believing someone raised from the dead, that seems wild. Here's the reality. When you believe in the risen Jesus... You will do so because Jesus himself is drawing you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you who are being drawn into salvation, even this morning, you will find him irresistible because he is irresistible. And when you believe in the risen Christ, it will change your life. So I'm going to tell you something very brief as we close. If you don't know Christ and you're coming to church for the first time ever or the first time in a long time, here's what you need to know. You are a wicked sinner. You have, you're born wicked. You are wicked. You will be wicked for the rest of your life. That's just how this broken world works. And you need forgiveness. Trust me, you need forgiveness. If nobody else is telling you that, the preacher will tell you this morning, you need forgiveness from your sins. And Jesus is the Son of God who died and rose again. And if you believe and repent... You will be saved no matter how bad you are, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how far gone you are, if you believe Jesus rose from the dead, you will be saved. Don't walk out of here this morning without believing in Christ. Had an awesome conversation at the end of this 
first service at 8.30. Just awesome. With a guy who's like, yes. Yes. The resurrected Jesus is who I believe in now. Praise the Lord, right? That can happen for any sinner who says it. And if you're a Christian, wow. What an awesome, victorious testimony we have. No matter what the world says, we have victory in Christ. Let's rejoice in that. And let's sing His praises. Praise. Father, thank You for Your grace and mercy. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore because He has risen from the grave. There is victory in Christ. There is victory in the witnesses that have spoken to us, the tomb and the angels and the women, all giving testimony to the resurrection of Christ. And oh God, may we who are Christians celebrate this truth. May we do it with victory. May we do it with humility. And may we do it with power. And God, I pray for any person here who does not yet know Christ as his, their Lord and Savior. Lord, may this be the moment that they believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead and he is the king. He is the king over heaven and earth. So Lord, do your good work for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand once more, shall we?